1: It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Episode 43, Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Welcome, everybody.
0: Yay! Yay. Yay. Yay.
1: Here's who's on the show. We got some newcomers. P. Jug, how you doing?
0: Hey, P. Jug here. Hobbs, how you doing? I was doing good until my microphone fell down. Oh, no. I know. There we go. I got a limp microphone. There we go. I don't know. I I don't know if I have a ghost in here. That was weird. It just was just all of a sudden it just wanted to flop down. I have a ghost story I'd like to tell you. Ooh. Pete Jug and I were at a steakhouse
1: in a small town in Minnesota. And while we were eating, there was a picture on the wall right next to us. It was actually almost above our table. And the thing was moving.
0: Like side to side or like front to back or like Yeah, like side you know? to side. Okay, just started swaying basically.
1: Yeah. You remember that? Yes. And so, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <throat> <throat>
0: yeah. um. Yummy. Yeah.
1: And so uh, hold on just a second. <clears throat> throat> <clears throat> hold on. Here we go. so so i called the server over (laughs) i I called the server over and i go is this place haunted she's like well what do you mean haunted and i said this picture it keeps moving all on its own there's Mm -hmm. nobody here but us she goes we'll look straight above it and there was like a, a furnace vent (laughs) and <laughs> it, it was moving this picture okay. uh,
0: That's what they want you to think That's what the ghost wants you to think uh, 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 <laughs> Don't fall yeah. for it Moon yeah. Trust your instincts That was probably a haunted steakhouse uh-huh. ah,
1: <laughs> And then the other voice you're hearing Would be Trevor Thompson How are you doing Trevor? Great thanks for having me on the podcast Moon uh-huh. ah, <laughs> Trevor and Hobbs have met mm. on more than one occasion. Yes. And it was all at open mic nights yeah. at different stand-up places. Do what were the name of those places, uh Hobbs?
0: Well, we ran into each other at Acme and the Terminal Bar.
1: Terminal and- Bar was I love
2: the Terminal Bar. Yeah. That's such a that's such a hard room. If you can if you can take Terminal Bar and like, you know, make it into a good set, you know, you can you can win over any crowd. It's the bar owner and about six other comics. Yeah, and You all sit in this room in these pull-up chairs and um, people th- will talk to you during your set.
0: Right. I'm just saying that yeah. like that's not necessarily the, the place I test my TV set for middle America. I'm just, you yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's all like, the, you know, there's a bit of a shock factor with that one because you got to wake up the people. Because a lot of people at that place, it's their local bar. So mm-hmm. they just sit up in the front and then comedy just happens to them. Whether they want it or not. And they yeah. want to go they want to go somewhere else they can. But they don't, you know. And so, you know, the 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 real the real challenge, and this happens in a lot of comedy rooms, mm-hmm. but the real challenge is engaging everyone in the bar front to back. And sometimes you have to say something quite shocking or do something kind of outrageous to snap the attention mm-hmm. to the front of the stage because really they just want to talk about, you know, how bad the halftime show was for the Super Bowl or whatever they're talking about.
1: You know, I think my favorite room to see comedy in was a place called the lap stop in Houston. And it was the first time I ever really became a regular Mm -hmm. where I was there as much as some of the (laughs) standups. Right. Because I loved it so much. There's nothing better than laughing. And if you can go to a comedy club, it's always affordable. If you got to buy a couple of drinks, who cares? I mean, you know, think about it. You're going to be drinking anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well buy uh, two drinks at the club mm-hmm. and watch the people do their stuff. Uh, the very first time I went to the lap stop, I had been invited by the owner. His name was Mark Babbitt. And he was very well known in comedy circles. As a matter of fact, if you talk to a lot of the stand-ups now that are on the road, they mm-hmm. know Mark because Mark booked them. Mark would bring these uh, comics from the laugh stop to our morning show on a radio station. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he brought me so many great people, Ron White. He brought Mm me um, Jake Johansson, Mm -hmm. Brian Regan, uh, Cheech Marin. Wait, uh, Cheech like from Cheech and Chong? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he brought us everybody that was on the road at that time. Joe Rogan was a very, Uh we had Rogan on, I don't know how many times. Uh, I remember when Ron White walked in seven a.m. with a scotch and a cigar, and I said, "Hey, Ron, you know, thanks for coming by. I know it's early. You know, you're not really supposed to smoke in here." Yeah. And he and he's like, "Uh "Uh-huh," and just kept
0: smoking. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I love that man. He came to Mystic Lake, and they're like, "Oh, this is it." Was before when it was a dry uh, casino, Uh. and you couldn't have alcohol it was part of the charter of the, of, you know, the tribal charter. They were like, Ron White's there to perform at Mystic Lake. And he's like, I'm not doing it without booze. And they're like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's illegal on the reservation. And so, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I heard they kind of worked something out. You know,
1: I saw the show the following time he was in the state and he did Treasure Island because of the booze thing. Yep. And so when he went to Treasure Island, he spent like at least twenty minutes ripping on Mystic. Yeah. Okay, and then he got so hammered after the show, he got on one of those little uh, four wheelers. Yep, and he was crashing into slots and oh all kinds. <laughs> I <mean, he> was- <laughs> yeah, that's
0: why I want to be a comic, man, so I could do that exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Don't get in trouble. That's what I want.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the very first comic I ever saw live. Was Rodney Dangerfield?
0: Oh, the, oh, no kidding!
1: You saw Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield.
0: Oh, I yep. love that man. That, that's a that's yeah, a piece of history right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my mom and dad took us all to mm-hmm. Vegas, and you know it, there was a comedy show at the uh, casino they were staying at, and they thought, well, let's do that. And uh, eventually, we went to another comedy place, and it was called the Comedy Stop at the Trop, which is the Tropicana. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Okay. And it's a big room, lots of couches. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a different sort of a room. <laughs> Whoever was on stage that night, my mom and dad became the victim of their act. Nice. <laughs> he started asking them how many times they did it every week.
0: And okay. I mean, oh, I mean he
1: was really asking a lot of
0: stuff. Where were you sitting in the room? Where were you guys in proximity to the stage?
1: Mm-hmm. two three rows back on the right side
0: yeah yeah you're pretty close to center stage. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i'll tell you the time that i got terrified i went to the state theater to see lisa lampanelli mm-hmm. and she is an attack comic mm-hmm. and yep and so she comes back and i'm thinking oh my god she's gonna pick me out and this is going to be a horrible experience
0: were you wearing that shirt
1: I would
0: totally pick if <laughs> you were wearing that shirt. Because if that's the uh, shirt, I don't, don't even uh, think you can blame Lisa.
1: <laughs> uh She went past me to a woman in a wheelchair. Okay. And she starts saying, hey, you know, and she starts ripping this woman and her disability. I mean, it was just brutal. But the whole room was
0: laughing. But was she laughing? Was the lady in the chair cool with it?
1: The lady in the chair was laughing her ass off.
0: Okay, okay. As yeah, long right. as she's cool with it, yeah.
1: Every, everybody was laughing. I mean, I had no idea how brutal Lisa Lampanelli could be. Yeah. So the last couple of nights, we've been, you know, trying to stay away from watching every episode of Succession. So <laughs> we watched stand-up on YouTube. Sure. Uh, we just watched uh, an hour and a half of Bob Saget.
0: He was a wordsmith. He could, and he was so fast on his feet. And everybody was so surprised, you know, how different his live act obviously was than, you know, Mm -hmm. the image that had been portrayed in that. But anybody who knew him when he was coming up as a comic was like, no, that's the way Bob is.
1: I know that when we watched him, I could not believe in that short amount of time, how many cuss words you can get in. I think he holds the record. No. Oh yeah. It was.
0: I know. No, you yeah. haven't heard me on stage. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I take that right? as a challenge now. I'm gonna look it there's, a, there's a lot of comics though that like really doubled down on the swears, but yeah, but Bob, but he but he had to, because he had to reclaim himself. Because after you know, ho- or that I always want to call it home alone, but you know what I mean. Full house. Full house. There yeah. you go. Um, then he did oh. America's funniest home videos, and he had to do all these yes, weird yes. all these really <laughs> dumb jokes. And if you look back at those old episodes, you can just see him dying inside. So I'm so proud of him that he got back to his roots and was just like, you know what, screw this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people think i i just want to do this and and plus my episodes still run and i'm still getting residuals so
1: and then p jug uh who's your favorite comic
0: tiffany norton
1: how about that there you go oh, tiffany oh, Norton. Oh. Hey,
0: hey, i wasn't solicited at all by me
1: <laughs> i thought she was going to say kathleen madigan because i know she <laughs> likes her yep
0: yeah she's good there's a lot of great comics out there
1: wendy liebman
0: oh i love her i've met her she is adorable in real life you know what you know who they're thinking about Oh God, is it for the, I don't know if it's for the Oscars or whatever, but Wanda Sykes.
1: The other night when we were on Netflix, I saw one of her specials. Yeah. And I I should have clicked on it. That's the night I got gap again. Uh, We can talk about other things. Sure. Uh, Why don't we talk about the Super Bowl, since it's been almost a week now. Mm -hmm. The prop bets this year were amazing. You could bet on what color the Gatorade would be that soaked the winning coach. Ah, yes, yes. You could bet on the length of the Star Spangled Banner or the National Anthem. Uh, You could bet on what the MVP would talk about first during his after-game interview. Was it his team? Was it God? Was it the city he was from? I lost my bet. I gave four and a half points, and I shouldn't have. But I was okay with the game. I thought there were a couple of bad calls and uh, the halftime show. I didn't know what to think about that because Snoop Dogg, the day before that whole halftime show, was accused of something horrible. And I don't even know where that story went, but it kind of went away. Then I'm watching the Super Bowl and I didn't know if Snoop was even going to get a chance to play because the NFL wants a clean image. They don't want, you know, people that are in trouble with the law uh, featured for their halftime show to the Globe. I am not into rap much. However, the whole show, the production of it, I thought was pretty solid. Snoop was good. Mary J. Blige was good.
0: This story is bouncing around. Uh, A woman is uh, alleging sexual assault nine years ago.
1: That's why I thought they weren't even going to use him. They told him he couldn't smoke weed on
2: the on the field, right, on stage, and so he smoked walking up to the field. There's a video of him, like, taking a hit of a blunt and putting yeah. it out as he goes up. I did I see saw that. that. I think the whole show was weird. I, I don't like how choreographed it all is and how much the audio is just playback. I wish it was a bit more like a live, like, short concert, you know?
1: The thing about the Super Bowl show is that a lot of it is what they call audio-enhanced Meaning lip synced. It's all, and it's, but it was,
2: that's what I'm saying. It was so obviously lip synced, and it was so, I don't know. I I thought it was cool to see all the rap people getting, like, you know, the recognition. Honestly, I think rap deserves,
1: um, as, as like a hip hop fan, but the selection could have been better. When you watch a show, the closer the microphone is to the performer's mouth, Mm -hmm. the better the chances are of a lip syncer, right? If they cover their mouth with their mic, it's so that you can't see the difference.
0: Well, and if you have your mic that close to your mouth anyway, yeah, you wouldn't normally sing that way, especially yeah. if you're trying to hit high notes or you mm-hmm. know any of that kind of stuff. I had a totally different reaction to it. I loved that it was very much that the whole set was very much about LA. Like, those guys don't get paid to do the Super Bowl. No performers do, and you just really? get a budget for yeah, and you just get a budget for your set, and so but you can kind of do whatever you want with your set. So I thought. It was cool the way that they embodied a lot of people because you can just take that and just be like, you know, just do it yourself and a couple of dancers if you want to. But the fact that they had such a big bill and I liked it. None of it was like overly sexual or any of that kind of stuff. That's, that's always been the complaint.
2: The whole like 50 cent thing people are saying on the internet, Oh, 50 cent got big. And it's like, like people are trying to body shame 50 Cent, but I don't think they realize 50 Cent just got jacked. Yeah. 50 Cent just like graduated from weightlifting university, man. Like he I don't know what he's been doing during COVID, but
1: he's been beefing it up. The first time I saw him on stage and Trevor you'll remember this because we watched the game together, I said, "Is that Florida? Because Florida's ripped."
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember what the name of the album is but the cover of him is 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 shirtless and it is it is it's pleasant
1: we got a lot to uh, get to know trevor trevor is my son Mm -hmm. when trevor was born he came out and his hips were displaced Mm. and in the ultrasound we were able to see that that was going to happen he tested positive for down syndrome it was really strange because they wanted to bring us down to the Houston Medical Center and use it at that time, a 3d imaging ultrasound. All right. Okay. So when they did this ultrasound, you could see on the screen, of course, Trevor inside the womb, but you could also see the needle that was being inserted <clears throat> because they have to take out amniotic fluid. Yeah. And Trevor was reaching for the needle. Inside the womb, and we could see it.
0: You little drug addict, yeah, right. (laughs) Trying to grab that. I know, just (laughs) just,
1: a fiend. (laughs) Yeah, and so anyway, after that procedure was over, uh, come to find out the doctor was a what we called a prize pig at our radio station. Oh, a lot of people don't understand what a prize pig is, but a prize pig might have three or four phones at their home Mm -hmm. and they all have what's called demon dialers and they hook them up to their phones to rapid dial over and over and over again. And they would get four lines. And I mean, when we were giving away tickets and money and all that stuff, we would, you know, have to take their names and they would start to change their voices, try to do impressions of other people Mm -hmm you would use fake social security numbers, you name and,
0: it. And they would enlist their friends. That was the most common one I saw wow. when I worked in promotions was they would they would be like Trevor, give me your, you know, give me your information. Pija, give me your information. Uh And then, you know, we probably shouldn't be explaining. This does get played on an affiliate with a radio station. Probably shouldn't tell them how to (laughs) 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 do this. Edit. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's impossible to penetrate our security team.
1: Do you want to give the first name of the biggest prize pig we had? Because you probably remember.
0: Oh, God. Well, there was a Brian. This is what always was like kind of baffling to me. I figured out who he was. He had multiple other aliases. Basically, and friends that, and he had he knew their mailing address, he knew their birthday, he knew them, he knew everything, and they all had a different last name, so it wouldn't affect whether the household could win. And he, I remember one day I saw him. He came in to come because we made him come and collect certain prizes in person. If it's over a certain dollar amount, you got to sign for it. We got to see your ID, blah blah blah. And I was like, he's attractive. I was surprised. I don't know what I thought a prize pig looked like.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's the thing with a lot of these contest pigs. I would give them a prize on the air. And on my way home, I would punch around to see what other stations were doing. Mm
0: -hmm. And I would
1: hear them winning on other stations. No way.
0: I worked with a dude who did that, but he did it. He did it in the way that I think is, it's not illegal. He worked at a bank with me and he was a loan officer and he had two phones at his desk. So he would just, he would intermittently dial both and have one on each shoulder going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now that I think is fair play. But yeah. When you're getting like when you're buying the extra equipment and doing all that, now you're now you're it's, it's supposed to be a
1: game. <laughs> you know what I did the other day? I bought a share of Google stock, it's their parent company named Alphabet. Okay, one share was $2,800. Okay, wow. I, I've been watching it and it's going south it's going down in july i think it's july 1st they're going to do a 20 for one stock split so mm. instead of having one share i'll have 20 shares sure they won't be worth 2800 dollars. nope but i'll have 20 shares well, of google
0: yeah and if you hold on those stock splits are nice if they work cool. out but they can they can work out really well i'm gonna write that down I should especially
1: do that. with a company like google if you take a look at what Google owns, I mean they own YouTube, they own they own so much. It's incredible. I think they're the third largest corporation in America.
0: Man. I'm just always gonna be broke, aren't I? Trevor's like, yeah, you are.
2: You, we you we're in this together.
0: Yep. <laughs> I was reading I was I was reading that recently though that your uh Trevor, your generation not to genderize you um because you were identifying as x i'm or z i'm gen x but your generation is particularly not optimistic about the economic future and about democracy and the way things and the direction of our country and all that kind of stuff and i mean i i don't blame you it kind of feels like generation x we were supposed to be kind of the next ones to take the lead but you know the baby boomers and the people that are slightly older they just they they won't leave
1: I was, I talked to Trevor earlier. He was over here earlier today Mm -hmm. and we were talking about my Facebook friends because I went through my Facebook list to try to find people to get on the podcast. I had thought I had somebody booked for today, but I couldn't remember who (laughs) was right. So if it was you, uh, maybe we could do you next week. Uh, and so as I glanced through my 14 or 1500 Facebook friends, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that one's dead. That was dead. Oh. That one's dead. That was dead. And this went on and on and on. Yeah. And you know, this happens when I go to my contact list in my phone.
0: Yeah. Mine's and starting like, to do that.
1: Oh, it's not good. No. So on that happy note, back to Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so Trevor was born. He grabbed the needle. He came out of the womb. His hips were completely displaced. They straightened out as the doctor said, He became an outstanding citizen, an outstanding student. He became a graduate of the University of Minnesota. And guess what he wants to be when he grows up? What? A psychotherapist. Mm. Trevor, let's talk about that a little bit. Why would you have that field in mind? Because you and I had never talked about what you were going to be when you grew up. When you went to college at first, you just took your regular stuff. When did you decide psychotherapist might be something good for me?
2: Shortly after I started reading Freud and reading just philosophy in general. It's a good place to use that stuff, that knowledge and you get to learn about a lot about humanity and teaches you a lot about discipline and uh, holding your tongue and teaches you. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you really just get to interact with really you know, just a ton of different people really intimately. I am in it to help people, but I think that, that that's a side effect of learning and, you know, having discourse with someone over about their issues. And then you can implement, you know, different uh, interventions to maybe try to help. But I'm not really at that point where I know how to uh, necessarily turn someone's life around. I'm kind of just here to listen right now. Uh-huh. That's good. And
1: you've seen a therapist a time or two over your course of your life. Yeah, of,
2: of course. And I have to start going again now that I'm, so I'm going to grad school, so I'll have to start seeing a therapist just because if you don't know, you, like, you kind of have to. Like, it's just part of the whole process. Think about think about it like, a, like I, I work uh, part-time in a tattoo shop now, and I think about how a lot of those guys, like, you don't really see tattooers that aren't tattooed, you know? It's like you have to go through something and be the client, you know, in every which way that you can so that you can go and, and help people. You become like a guinea pig for your for your discipline um And that's kind of like a part of a like a unique part of the process. Uh-huh. Didn't you
1: say you have to do like 300 hours once you're qualified for free mm. before you can start charging, or how does that
2: it's work? Se- so it's 700 hours. I'll be doing my internship. If I go to a meeting with my colleagues or supervision, that's part of my 700. If I go to a seminar, that's part of my 700. If I do notes for a client, that's part of my 700. Right. So it's not just the face-to-face interaction, it's it can be really a, a, a you know a multitude of things. Or you could just go to a 700-hour seminar. <laughs> I wonder if they have those.
0: That's a that's a substantial internship. It's like 3 months of basically yeah. full-time
2: full-time unpaid.
0: Yeah. I was going to say you can volunteer at least a couple hours a week with your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Take some notes. Yeah. Yes, and his wife. <laughs> mhm. I'll and just, I'll, <laughs> Yeah, I'll take some. I'll, yeah, I can definitely use the hours. Mm-hmm. I can for sure <laughs> use the hours.
2: Yeah, I'll just I'll just be a punching bag. I'll just let you take out all your <laughs> all your frustration of the days, and you can just because I've I've had a few you know my fair share of psych jobs now, and uh, a lot of clients when they get really they get they can get hostile at you. You know there are there are people that will get right. And They'll get fired up at you, and they'll start saying really horrible things about you. And you and at some point you learn to just go. Okay, and and it's this weird security that you kind of learn through the craft, um, and who you are by you know having to be just completely berated by people.
0: Yep, you have to do that in a comic too. You got to but it's about insulating yourself. You have mm-hmm. to insulate yourself from because you're going to be the negative emotions. You have to go. Well, those are yours. Those mm-hmm. are yours, and I'm over here. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and of course you know nonetheless it does affect you to some extent, and then that's sure. actually a, a whole part of um, therapy called counter transference that you have to deal with a lot in supervision and supervision. Oh,
0: yeah. and... The transference.
2: Trevor reads
1: a lot of books,
2: by the way, like all. Yes. Yeah. I don't really read textbooks. I read a lot of philosophy. There's a lot of like the old stuff.
1: I've been reading Dave Grohl's new book. I got 16 pages in and I got distracted and haven't picked it back up again.
0: Uh, after three yeah. months, you've got that far.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I well, The thing about reading is that it's uh it's a practice, right? So, a lot of yeah. people will be like, "Oh, I know you read a lot. You know, can you suggest me a book?" And I'll say like, "Are you do you read every day or do you read three times a week at least?" Or, you know, or and, I, and they'll say no, and I'll be like, "I'm not going to recommend you a book cuz you're not going to read it." You know.
0: I love books, but I'm so out of reading. But I mm-hmm. I, collect, I love to collect books and I want to get back to it.
1: P. Jug, what was the last book you read? Do you remember?
0: No. Um, something about MS, I think related. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. I'm reading the classics in kind of a way um, yes. I never actually well in a <laughs> in kind of a way um, I the the thing I'm working on right now is I am reading the actual Game of Thrones series I loved I've seen the actual television series four times and I've never mm. read the source material and it's mm. wildly different it's mm. really interesting how much more different the characters come across in the book as opposed to what HBO did with them. But yeah, I was, my minor in college was psychology and and I took a lot of philosophy classes and stuff. So I, I, I always liked that, but I didn't, I think I, I I love the idea of helping people and, and all of the, everything behind psychology, but I always just felt like in my heart, I know I'm too messed up and I'll probably just make it worse for someone else. No,
2: I think that's why I think, I think that's who makes a great therapist is the super messed up people that have been through some really bad shit i don't know if i can swear in this podcast but uh but you know i think the people that like the best therapists are the ones that know what's up you know it's not some person that just lived in their ivory tower for their whole life and you know there's
0: yeah right i
2: I think you got to go through it you know it's like thing about it's like aa to be a sponsor you got to like you know go to hell and back
0: true and
1: and survive so like louder milk yeah kind of like louder milk yeah you can find it on amazon prime and it is amazing. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. You want to know what the last book I read was? What? Um, the Zach Sobia. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Clouds. Written, yep, The Clouds book about uh, a kid that, you know, Stacy and I became, uh, you know, close with who had osteosarcoma uh, during his treatment and his failing health. He became a rock star. He did a song. Yeah. He, he did a video. It got you know, probably 14 million views. Uh, a movie was made, aired on Disney. I got a signed book from his mom, Laura, and I was so you know proud uh, that uh, she would you know sign a book for me. and I hadn't read a book in years. The only thing about this book was I knew how it ended. yeah, and that's what Zach losing in his life. Yeah. So with about 15 pages left, maybe 20. I set the book down, and I didn't read it for almost a year. Eventually, I got the courage up. I read the last, you know, X amount of pages. It was a good book. I enjoyed reading it. There was a lot of stuff about Zach I did know, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I asked, I asked his mom if I could be an extra in the movie. Yes. You <laughs> And that did work
0: out. <laughs> A lot of people asked, and it was like, "Well, but I was there." Like, don't you need someone to hold the door? And it's like, "Yeah, no, we're yeah, we're casting out of LA, not Minneapolis, right?" Yes, right.
1: And then I watched the movie, and it was well done as well. Mm-hmm. You don't get on Disney if it's not well done, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything Disney is top shelf.
0: Well, and it was Neb Campbell, I think, that played Laura, Zach's mom, right? Wasn't that who was I cast? Cause really I cool. always loved her. Cause we got to see her at, we got to see them, the cast at the mall of America. And I was like, you're so
1: cool. Yeah. It was a good book. It was a sad story. I'll tell kind of a personal story about Zach. If I can, uh, I don't think the family would be upset with me if I did this, but uh, Zach performed at one of our events and he sang clouds to a room of about, I don't know, 200 people or so. Mm-hmm. And he did it acoustically, just him and his guitar. And he was not having a good day. He was feeling terrible from the chemo. And uh, before he went on stage, I said, hey, uh, you got a second? And so he comes over. I said, I have done something for many, many years. And that is give people who I think need some luck a $2 bill. And I would always keep $2 bills with me. Mm -hmm. And I had one and I gave it to Zach. And I said, hey, Zach, I said, I have no idea if there's any magic in this two dollar bill, but I've been doing this for a long time and I have seen some magic in it. And I hope that happens for you as well. And he's like, well, that's really cool. I'll keep it. I go, great. And so we went up and performed, you know, and I remember when I went to his funeral, I'll never forget this. uh, I rode my motorcycle and at that time I was still walking with a cane. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was no place to park because there were like a thousand cars. Oh, yeah. It, it was huge. And yeah. so I parked illegally, knowing that I wasn't gonna stay, you know, too long, because I had to ride from you know the church, uh, which was near Stillwater, back to the station and be there by two o'clock. And so I get my cane, I hobble up these massive stairs. And I finally get to the top of the stairs and inside the church. And I'm thinking that, that almost killed me to just get to this point. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody and I said, um, Do you know where there's a restroom? And they said, Yeah, you got to go downstairs. Oh, gosh, and then yeah. it, it's on the <laughs> other side of the building. Oh. <laughs> so then I got to go. Right. So then I got to go all the way down some more steps and. I'm basically crawling my way up uh, and I was early and there was a little gathering before the service and that's what I was trying to go to visitation. I think it's called. Yes. So I asked the people uh, after I get back to the top of the steps, Hey, where's the visitation? And they pointed to a building that was about 150 yards away. no, no it was a lot for me to physically do. Sure. But, but you couldn't have kept me from doing it. Yeah. I I was going to go. Yep. I didn't care what it took. So I got there, spent some time with the family. They've always been so kind to me. It's just been amazing. I mean, we had so many great experiences, you know, with Rob and Laura and everybody in the, in that whole, you know, in their band and, and everything, a firm handshake. Six months later, his mom and I run into each other, and she said, I have something for you. And I said, What is it? She pulls out my $2 bill.
0: Oh, oh he kept and, it.
1: And I said, How did you find that? And she said, Zach had it in his iPhone case. It was a beautiful story with a sad ending. Yeah. But I think it brought a lot of dollars for research. Because cancer needs to be figured out and it needs to be figured out now. I mean, we have too many people last week's guest stage four pancreatic cancer. You know, we need to figure that stuff out. Yep. Trevor, you just got back from Germany, by the way. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring that up because after he got out of college, he wanted to go uh, experience the world and he got involved in a little bit of schooling and went over to Germany Tell us what that was like, because I don't think I've ever spent more than one day there. And it was at the Frankfurt airport where I got a bad chicken salad sandwich.
2: I don't know. It was cool. I uh, went there in September and uh, traveled around. Unfortunately, I didn't go to Europe because of all the COVID regulations, things changing every day and who knows where I'll be. And I was supposed to go to this program. I didn't want to miss anything. So I stayed in Germany. Traveled around quite a bit, ended up settling down in Munich. It was actually quite unfortunate circumstances. My work permit uh, didn't get get approved or my work contract didn't get approved for my residence visa, which gets you your work permit so I could start earning income. So I was living off savings. Yeah. And then they pretty much told me like, hey, you know, we can't accept this at this time. So you got to get out of here. I uh, left the country. I said "ciao, ciao, Deutschland," and
0: uh, <laughs> and
2: uh, I got on a train back to America. Or not a train. I got
1: on a flight.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's a new train. There's a new train. <laughs> 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 and,
1: and then when you were over there, we talked on video chat all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's they do things so much differently there, mm-hmm. and it seems that a lot of the things that they do are pretty simple and we could apply them here didn't you say you have to give three months notice to quit yeah a job?
2: yeah so tr- like a lot of times in germany when you get a job <clears throat> um you'll get hired and then you don't start working for three months and then when you want to quit your job you have to give them a three-month notice uh in america you know it's two weeks if you're nice right? yeah um yeah so the three-month rule that was kind of weird what else they do they all they all they have a ton of really good trains a really good train system which i really loved you know there were differences i liked in hayden like another a cultural kind of social difference is that people don't really talk to each other and i really like that uh at first i hated it and i was like ah the people here are so cold you know but then i realized people would i got back to america and servers come up and they go hi how can i help you how are you doing today and i'm like you don't know me, you know, like, you don't know, like, why are you asking me this? I, I would like one hamburger, please. You know, You know. or people try to talk to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know you. I don't want to talk to you. And I, I really, you know, no disrespect, but yeah, but, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like that. Uh, I didn't like the government. I kind of, I don't want to say anything about it on the podcast just cause.
0: Cause you might want to go back.
2: Yeah, well, and I also might not be able to. I might be in some trouble, trouble. Like, yeah, I might be in some trouble with them. So, <laughs>
0: what? Yeah. Is that yeah. why you're in a dark room, Trevor? Like, no. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just had, it was lit by the, by the sun, but obviously okay. you know, the sun's going down.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but yeah, I don't know. It was fun. I got to go to like the mountains. I lived, you know, in Munich was great. I had a ton of friends.
0: Is the um, beer better there?
2: Yes and no. So yes, in that. You'll, okay, you'll never get a really crappy beer. Like in America, you know, you have Coors Light, Bush Light, Natty Light, Keystone Light, you know, and you have hams and you have all these things. And, uh, you, you know, you'll never get like a, a really, really bad beer there, right? They're all, they will always be good. With a few exceptions, you really got to try though, you know. Um, there, they had less choices, right? So a lot of times if you go to a bar, they're going to ask, and you order a beer, they're going to go, do you want light? Dark or wheat beer.
0: Oh, okay. And that's, that's it. You just get tight
2: beer. Yeah, there's there's no there's no companies, there's no different flavors, there's no nothing. It's just you walk in and there's like they just go, Yeah, hey, you want light, you want light, darker wheat.
0: Oh, that's and, terrible. That's like North Korea.
2: Yeah, no, like, but the crazy. thing is the beer was old, but the thing is the light beer, and I always got the I'm a Hellas, it's called Hellas. Uh and I would always get Hellas and I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. Okay. Also, also how they like the beer culture there. Here you get a case, uh, you get a, like a cardboard box or a plastic top snap of a four pack or a six pack of aluminum cans there. And it costs, you know, I mean, and if you get a good can of, you know, a good case of beer it can cost 10, maybe 15, you know, dollars for a six pack or I don't know, I guess, it, you know, it depends what you're drinking, but there you could always get the top tier beer a half a liter for 90 cents. And if you wanted yeah. to just get completely shit faced okay. all night, you would just need, you just need. Just six, yeah, six bucks, five bucks, and you could just get smashed, you know, like every, you know, all day, every day, if you wanted. Wasn't um, it cheaper than the water? And so yeah, in most places, yeah, and they 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 put in a rule which is supposed to stop that from happening, right? They, because that you know, think they were trying to fight alcoholism and they're trying to um, sure, and and but I mean, there was a point where yeah, it was way cheaper than water.
0: That, I, that's true in wisconsin too i've been in bars where the bottled water is more expensive than the tap beer
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. like that's three dollars and like how much is the beer like buck 50 and i'm like oh, i'm drinking beer
2: what about yeah. the food they do things different from here because it, things are there are a lot more healthy um and but they're also a lot less tasty uh I, sometimes but they also have like way more multi like multi multicultural stuff mm-hmm. um where here you know we have you know, we have hamburgers and we have like all that like American food. And then we, you know, we have little like uh, maybe we, you know, we have some Mexican places. We maybe got some like, you know, Japanese or Asian kind of like sushi and Italian, you know, we got, but there it's like everything. It's just so multicultural, like it's got its own like little uh, cultural flair. Um, uh, And the, the, the part of Germany I lived in was Bavaria Um, and, and Bavaria they eat it's like the traditional when you think of like germans as the people that stand in the mountain with the lederhosen and they have a girlfriend with big boobs and she has like two huge jugs of uh of a beer you know and, nah. and they're both going yodel right that that <laughs> that's not that's like obviously not real it's just a stereotype but um yeah. but that's a kind of the part of germany that i was living in and so that all that tradition like traditional food like they have pork knuckle they have um, mm. schpezi. It's like this fried spaghetti. They have um, a lot of pretzels. Uh, the pretzels they yeah. they have this stuff called flammkuchen. I used to li- I used to live in this little city called Waderstetten. It was a little it was a little village, and there's a, a restaurant called Alterhof. And at Alterhof, I would go and get flammkuchen. And flammkuchen is it's actually a French food, but it was really adopted by the Germans. Um, what is and it? It's, it's like a it's kind of like a pizza, except no, it's a pizza with um, no um, tomato sauce and onions and bacon
1: and garlic. Oh. It's really good. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about is where you can see Hobbs do stand up. Where's that at?
0: Well, you know, I've got two shows coming up, one next Wednesday. It is a fundraiser. We were talking about cancer earlier in the uh, podcast. My dear friend, Sarah McPeck, who is a great comedian in town. She is a producer of comedy shows. She went in to have a dental appointment. She thought she had a problem with her tooth. They went in there, tumor. So we're having a fundraiser benefit for her next Wednesday at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. We would love to see you. If you can't make it to the show, you can always um, ask us and contribute to her GoFundMe, but it's Sarah McPeck. And then I'll be headlining at the House of Comedy Sunday, February 27th. And it's a seven o'clock show.
1: And then uh, Trevor, you want to promote something too.
2: Yeah. It's these group of guys. Uh, I really hate them a lot and I think you should all go check them out on Instagram and on Spotify they're called beach generation on Instagram at beach in beach in and on Spotify uh and Apple music and anywhere you stream stuff as of uh, yeah, beach generation there's just they're a music group that make really bad music and I think you <laughs> should go you should, you should go cyberbully them and um, engage in their content
0: <laughs> even engage in their content even if it's negative right
2: yeah you should report them
0: yes I want, I want to.
2: I want to take down their Instagram page.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah subscribe. You can download. You can click. You can do all those things. Share, like, whatever you got to do. Uh, you know, Trevor. Uh, since we're running out of time, we'll have to have you back the next time. I can't remember who the guest is. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I? Can I say? Can I say something in uh, traditional Bavarian German
2: to end the show today? Absolutely. All right, ready? Yeah. Th- thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Moon, P. Jugg, and Hobbs. I'm your special guest, Trevor Thompson. And spinny Bimi and himmy or the shimmy off pimi.
0: International. You know what? Yeah. Our numbers are going to spike in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the hashtags, Moon. Like,
2: yeah. It's an old Bavarian saying, and it just means I'm crazy or my head's in the sky like I'm God or I have a fungus
1: on my penis. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the... Does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in you're gonna win. We are out of lyrics in Boopee Jug and ho. That was wonderful! Bravo! I loved that! Oh, it was great! Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful! It was terrible! Cut him away! Hey, boo! Boo! Let's put this show out of its misery! <laughs>